Summer drinking season is long, which is why non-alcoholic beer is a great addition to your cooler. But what makes you reach for one NA beer over another? Is it great flavor, variety of styles? Maybe you just like a cool can. Well, no matter what you're looking for in a great non-alcoholic beer, the answer is always athletic. Great flavor, it's athletic. Award-winning styles, it's athletic. Huge variety, guess what? It's athletic. From IPAs, extra dark, sours, hazies, and more, to summertime favorites like light brews and goldens, it's the number one NA beer brand in the U.S. It's athletic. Ask for it. Fit for all times. Enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Think about it. You're hanging out at the beach. Maybe you're going to a music festival, ball game, camping, late night, early morning. Wherever the summer takes you, the best part is zero hangover the next day. This summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer you need to know. Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use the code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila and Zach coming at you with sets. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Heads up before we start the show. Got to let you know about the Athletics Black Friday deal, which starts Monday night. At 5 p.m. Eastern, The Athletic's great writing is just $1 a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends to lock in our very best price of the year. Just $1 a month for new subscribers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a post-game edition of Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris here. To talk about the feisty Philadelphia Eagles, five and six, potentially in pole position for the playoffs. We've got a lot to get to. We'll get to some controversy in super sortcasting, but I do believe we do have to start, Zach. Uh, a lot of people here excited for the show. A lot of people in the chat, they want to know. Give us your uh, your breakdown of the candidates for the Florida head coaching job. I could do that. Uh, this was a big win for the Eagles. I mean... If you want me to give my 30 seconds on on Florida, I think Florida is a different job than a lot of these other jobs in that I don't think a coach with the regional ties matters so much. The Florida brand is big enough, and you can also uh, – there's there's so much talent there. I would look at Matt Campbell if I was them, um, mm-hmm. if I were them. Uh, I think they would probably look at the two Stoopses, Bob and Mark. Uh, my guess is that they make a call to Mario Cristobal. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I think a wild card to watch would be Dan Quinn, who was there as a defensive coordinator Ooh. back uh, before he was the Seahawks D coordinator. And he has that juice from a, you know, from, uh, I think he could be a, a really good college coach. Anyways, I would what hire about Matt Urban Campbell. going home. <laughs> is he, is he leaving Jacksonville? I don't know. I mean, it feels like the kind of thing he would do. I don't know. Big win for the Eagles, though. And who would Huge you win. hire if you had a you had a blank check? Who would you hire? I would go after Matt Campbell for that job. Okay. Uh, and what about Troy? Troy's an interesting one. Troy, you know, you, you they haven't been the same since since Neil Brown left. Um, I would probably go back to since Demarcus Ware. I'd say. No, Neil Brown was a good coach there. I honestly, um, I would need a little more time to think about the Troy job. Uh, to see what's out there, but I, I um, honestly, like I would look at, at like South Alabama's program, and I don't know. I, let's talk about the Eagles, okay? Okay, that's fine. You you uh, you indulged us. You made Marissa laugh. We can move on. Uh, all right, plenty to get to here as the Eagles go to five and six with a forty to twenty nine win that uh, at times was not even that close. It seemed like they were completely dominating, but then. In the fourth quarter, it seemed like things were getting a little bit hairy. So uh, you got to see a good offensive performance, another big running game. Uh, Jalen Hurts with the uh, sort of game-salting, jukey touchdown late in the fourth quarter. You saw the defense dominate in the first half uh, and then sort of let things get a little bit close as the game went on. Uh, you saw your boy, Trevor Simeon, throw a couple picks, but uh, made, made a couple nice plays as well. Zach, big picture. We've talked about it. The Eagles right now. Half a game out of the playoffs as currently constructed, but they've got a couple tiebreakers to their advantage. Of course, they've got uh, a very easy schedule down the stretch. Their next five games in uh, no particular order, twice against the Giants, twice against Washington, once against the Jets. Do you think this team is going to the playoffs? How do you feel? How would, how, more importantly, how does Emily feel? <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the Eagles here. Um I think they're they're very well positioned here to go on a run. I think the way they're playing now is a sustainable model for the opponents they have coming up. I don't think it's a sustainable model long term, and I, I still think they would be susceptible against you know, top quarterbacks, let's say. But you look at these next five games, I think you're looking at three and two uh, to be conservative. Four and one's not out of the question. If they go three uh, and two, that's a disappointment, I would say. If it, but if 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 they're eight and eight going into week eighteen, that that's a good situation for this team, right? That's I think if you said going into the year they'd be eight and eight going into a week eighteen game against yeah, Dallas, not before the year, I, you would have taken that. But the, I mean, a month ago they were two and five, um, yeah. but 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 they're playing really well right now, and I give credit all around. I give credit first off to Nick Sirianni. Uh, well, no, I give credit to the players. It's a player's game. The players are, are making plays out there. But Nick Sirianni... I mean, first um, of all, I give credit to the man upstairs. Uh, Nick Sirianni has has uh, adjusted midstream here. You know, they, he, he switched what the offense was. It's working. He's trusting that offensive line. The fact that you ran this way against New Orleans, and we'll get to that, that is... That's Jim Bob it, Cooter, of course, the man it's re- upstairs. It's, it's really impressive there. Uh, the defense has done this against mediocre quarterbacks all year long, and they continued it today. I thought that uh, – I, I think Jalen Hurts 
there are still plays to be desired with his arm. I thought the last two games were better passing games for him. But the way he ran today was outstanding. And look, when when the offense puts up, the offense put up 33 points. Defense returned to one for a touchdown. Uh, you can't. You won't give him the 40. <laughs> well, quite literally. I know, quite, but quite you literally. just, but you just <laughs> like you want to measure it by points, but you still have to ding him just a little bit. Uh, I, I thought that uh, Jalen Hurts, the way he he ran the ball, the way the Eagles ran the ball, uh, it's it's really impressive. And 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 this is the best way I I would put it is is that. You know, you talk about toughness, you talk about physicality. All coaches say things like that. But if you're going to beat the Eagles, you need to wrestle this offensive line, which is a physical, talented offensive line. And you need to tackle these running backs and this quarterback 35, 40 times a game. Uh, and that that wears on an opponent. So I'm not turning into a run-the-ball guy, but I think when you look at what the Eagles present, um, it's going to be like like to beat this team, you have to be willing to be beat up because they are just they're playing a physical brand of football that works. Well, think about I mean, think about just this game in terms of what you're talking about, right? Sean Payton embarrassed by last year's game, right? Uh, there they were on a, a, a huge winning streak coming into that game. They had a chance to, you know chase and lock up the number one seed in the NFC. They come in and they lose to Jalen Hurts making his debut as a huge underdog. And this the, the Eagles run for 246 yards, or th- I think, 246 or 248. So coming into this game, Peyton is like trying to, trying to stop that from happening again. He knows that the Eagles have turned to this run-first offense, so he's prepared for that. You know, he's... he's uh, like they knew exactly what was coming their way and they had no chance. They were blown off the ball. Uh, like this is the number one run defense in the NFL. The Eagles say like, we're not going to run away from that. We're going to lean into it. And they dominated up front. They ran for 242 yards. Um, as I, I think, as I tweeted, the, the Saints haven't given up 200 yards rushing. They've only done it twice in the past six seasons. This has always been a very good run defense in, in recent years. And both of those two games are the two Jalen Hurts starts. So, uh, yeah, like with this team, I am a run the ball guy. Uh, like that's yes. like that is how they are built. And it is uh, we've talked about it's like a little bit of a of a bizarre thing that it took eight games for them to lean into that personality. But that's OK. You know, it, it was a, it was a rookie uh, head coaching staff. They're allowed to make adjustments as the season goes on. Like they're allowed to grow. They've done the same thing on defense. Like the way they are now, it's a very good offense. Like this is, this is really impressive. Exactly. And, and to circle back to to what I was saying about Hertz, like in the passing game, when you said this is a good, this is a good offense, he converted uh, two critical, what what, third and sixes on the uh, first touchdown drive, two passes to Goddard on that came out right on time. That were really nice. And, and so that's where I'm not, I'm making sure I'm not getting caught up in the overall passing stats and I'm looking more at the uh you know, at play you know specific plays is he making the passes when he needs to make the passes and you joke with me that I'm a third down guy but the key for this Eagles offense is staying on the field is is uh yeah it's just I only I only joke because it's not just like, for instance, the second and twelve completion to JJ Ortega Whiteside. Like, 
that counts too. It was on, it was on second and sure. long. Like, sure. Uh, I just think third downs are critical downs, but that's besides the point. Uh, I will say this real quick, and I don't mean to do an aside. The JJ Ortega Whiteside catch, which Nick Sirianni deemed the play of the game. Uh, I think in JJ Ortega's whites in JJ Ortega Whiteside's hometown in South Carolina, they might have heard Bo laugh in the press box. Bo let out a really loud laugh that you would think like. If if you're not a Birds with Friends listener, you, you wouldn't understand why this guy in the press box was laughing so hard at this moment. It was unbelievable. They've been setting this play up for four years, for <laughs> well, three not, years. Unbelievable. For eight he, weeks. He, he has had uh, something close to 60 offensive snaps this year. He's run something like 35 or so uh, routes, not a single target. They've been they've been slow playing this, this tendency breaker for – Two thirds of a season, and here we go. Game on the line. Need a need a play. Who do you dial up? You dial up JJ. Well, I, I don't think he was the first read on the play, but I think he, he's always the first read. He made as far as I'm it, concerned, it was a big play. But I I give Jalen Hurts a lot of credit overall because I I think that uh, he's such he's he's such a force on the ground. He's making these timely passes. He's protecting the football. This was another game. I I, I know he had. You know, two plays in that Broncos game, one interception and one near interception. But overall, like we talked about, he's taking care of the ball. And you're seeing him uh, develop and, and evolve in front of our eyes. Uh, so I I am really impressed with this offense. And I, I know I was harder on the offense than you and Shield were two weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I'm in on the way they're playing. Uh, I think they're, they're making it work with their personnel, with their offensive line. I'm curious to see uh, Jordan Howard's injury here. It's a it's a knee injury, left the game knee, uh, but Miles Sanders being back adds another dimension too. You you saw him on that 25 yard run. Miles Sanders can be electric in space. Uh, I thought Sanders put it well. They're going to run until they can't do it anymore. And I think during these next five weeks, it's sustainable. I think that it's it's. Uh, I still don't think you're going to beat the NFL's heavyweights playing like this, but that's that's not the barometer for the Eagles this year. If they're playing a relevant Week 18 game, I give a I give a lot of credit to that coaching staff, and I give a lot of credit to those players, especially considering where they were when they boarded the flight to Las, boarded the flight from Las Vegas. You love that flight from Las Vegas. We'll get we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people in the in the comments talking about the uh, Jordan Mailata one handed pancake, one armed pancake. That was great. Um, he was good in this game. I uh, as it comes to Jalen Hurts, like you know, everything is sort of tinged with uh, you know, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And, and we've talked about that's you know, I think a bit of a false framing. But like you just look at what he's doing this season, and it's not like aesthetically the way that. You know, I would would uh, dream up an offense, and I, and I think that certain people in the organization, obviously, this is not what they would dream up. But he is, you know, the, the Eagles' offense entered this game eighth in in offensive DVOA, and I know you I know you don't want uh, DVOA numbers, but you know, I I, think that's I, good, that's I have no measure. issue with DVOA. They're I, only I going to they're use only DVOA go in my copy. Okay, okay. They're only going to go up after this they played a very good defense and they put up 33 offensive points but 40 points on the scoreboard so that's only going to rise and jalen hurts in terms of like this offense this is his offense he he accounts for 
75% of the offense with his arms and his legs, which is the second highest percentage in the league after Lamar Jackson. So if Jalen Hurts, like this is the offense and it's a top quartile offense, it's one of the best offenses in the league, like year two, what what more do you want? Yeah, uh, look, I I agree. I, I mean, when you say what more uh, would you yeah, want, you know, more prolific. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, if you want to attend to the crying okay. baby, I can, I can hold serve here. Uh, but I, I would say that what, what more could you want? I, I guess, you know, Patrick Mahomes in the passing game. Right. But uh, although not today, uh, but overall, no, you're absolutely right there. They found an offense that worked that that is working with Jalen hurts. And, and the key, by the way, I, I keep going back to what is this offensive line with the way that offensive line's playing, I think a lot of it hurts, but a lot of it, more of it, I would say, is this offensive line. They're leaning into their strength. We said going back to the preseason, the Eagles' biggest advantages are along the lines of scrimmage. And both lines of scrimmages have been banged up this year, losing Brandon Graham on defense, losing Brooks and Sayamalu on offense. Uh, but especially on the offensive line, they are making it work. And I give them a lot of credit. I, I'm, I, again, I keep going back to that. I'll give them credit where it's due. They're making it work with what they have. Um, I tweeted out the the stat about their rushing yards over the last four games, 890 rushing yards, um, which is like very rare company for the modern day NFL. The last decade, the only teams who have done that are uh, one Marshawn Lynn stretch, one Derrick Henry stretch, and then several stretches of Lamar Jackson's Ravens teams. And I think like, you know, we talked about before the season, why not do what the Ravens did and sort of build the offense around Jalen Hurts? It took them half a season to do it, but um, it's working. So uh, just to close the book on Hurts, 13 of 24 for 147 yards, sacked three times, although two of those were sort of Bobo sacked. And then uh, he had 69 nice rushing yards to go along with three touchdowns. Um, we talked a lot about the running game, the running back rotation heading into this game, Zach. Miles Sanders is active and has uh, 16 carries for 94 yards, but that doesn't tell the whole story because he had two, well, one very costly fumble in the first half deep in Eagles territory. They were up 14 nothing. It looked like there was they were, they were about to run away with the game, and his uh, turnover led to the Saints' only touchdown of the first half. He then almost did the exact same thing uh, with a fumble that was called for uh, forward progress and probably shouldn't have been. Uh, so that would have been two terrible fumbles. And it, it seemed at that point that the Eagles were leaning more on Jordan Howard. Howard had 10 carries for 63 yards before leaving with the injury. Um, were you surprised at the way things played out? And uh, did the way things play out change um, anything that you thought heading into the game? Uh, no and no. I'm not surprised. I I thought and I wrote that it was going to be a, a Sanders-Howard combination. And I thought it made sense, too, that Gainwell was the one who was inactive. Uh, I thought that they complement each other well. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say besides the fumble because you can't do it besides the fumble when you fumble inside your 10-yard line. That's 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 Twice, a costly basically. play. I mean, he did do it exactly. Uh, but I'm also not 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 one of these people who is uh, who's belittling. I was I was going to use a different term here, but I want to be cognizant of what I say. Uh, who's belittling Miles Sanders? I, I think Miles Sanders 
has special home run ability, and that enhances the offense. I acknowledge that Miles Sanders gets too many negative runs or stuff that the line of scrimmage runs and needs to do a better job with that. And I like Jordan Howard's running style. I like that he's falling forward. I think he brings a physical presence. And frankly speaking, I think that if Jordan Howard's knee is the type of injury that causes him to miss time, the Eagles are going to miss that physical dimension because I don't think they get it from Boston <clears throat> Scott. And I don't think they'll, I don't think they would get it from Kenny Gainwell. Uh, that said, I think this offense is better for having Miles Sanders in it and running as often as he did. And uh, it's what I've always said about Miles Sanders too. You you look at the final stats today. He was he was what five point four yards per carry or thereabouts. Five point nine. Yeah, five point nine. <clears throat> so look, he he, he great he Jason was, Kelsey block on that twenty five yarder. It came, it came in chunks, and I give him credit there. You know, he also did. He ran out of bounds again. Late in the in in the fourth quarter, before the Jalen Hurts touchdown, run. I was writing at that point. So, yeah. what are you doing? Like we we got on him for this earlier in the season. Like you don't learn, stay in bounds, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, you saw you 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 basically saw in this game the difference between those guys. Like Miles Sanders is better on those outside runs mm-hmm. uh, where he can get into space and uh, let his wheels take over. And Jordan Howard was better in between the tackles. Bottom line, I, I'd, I'd rather have Sanders and Howard together than Howard and Scott together. So this this notion that sure. they that they shouldn't have messed with what's working and Sanders should have a diminished role. I'd rather have Howard and Isley together. Like Howard Isley, the point guard? <laughs> yeah. This has nothing to do with what we're discussing. <laughs> I mean, it's a Howard. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'd rather have Howard and Sanders together. You threw me off Howard the, top of the show with that Florida and Troy. I was so ready to talk about this Eagles game. I figured if you <laughs> asked me, it'd be like a throwaway thing at the end of the show. Um, I told you I was going to start the show with that. I told you that in the not press start box. the show. You said you wanted uh, you wanted to ask me about it, so I figured at the and you teased it on Twitter, and I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I mean, I could Troy not have more heads up. up. I literally have not. I didn't even realize Troy fired their coach until like a half hour ago. So I didn't know that until somebody asked about it in the chat. Gotcha. So, okay. I mean, just so, absolutely no idea. Yeah, I, I, don't, see know what, I don't know what's Mar- making Marissa see- laugh so much. <laughs> I just like the fact that like the whole conversation just shifted because Zach's finally like, how did we really start the show like that? <laughs> yeah, it's a big win. <laughs> I wasn't here for the Super Bowl episode, but I, I feel like if if the Eagles wanted a Super Bowl, Bo would start it with something about something he saw in the hotel room. That <laughs> not true. Not true. I mean, this game was not the Super Bowl. That's <laughs> when you get to the Super Bowl, you can talk about the Super Bowl. Every Until game. So then is... we can maybe, like, what did you want me to lead with Jalen Rager having uh, a catch for a negative one yard? I want you to lead with Big the Eagles beating me. the saints, rushing for over 200 yards. Um, maybe Jalen hurts his touchdown. Maybe Darius lay pick six is he's had three touchdowns in four weeks. Uh, I mean, we can go on down the list. A lot of things other than the Florida and Troy coaching jobs. Yeah, but you knew it was coming. All right, so let's let's get. All right, why don't we take a little break? We'll come back and uh, get into some more specifics, and then uh, move over move over to the defense. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Zach, let's get into swooper sorecasting. Shield enters the week with four and a third. You're at three and a third. I'm at two and a third. Needing a win in the worst way. Shield. This was an interesting week because we all had exactly four turkeys in the air. Uh, Shield had intentional grounding, is called. Almost happened. Trevor Simeon throwing one at the ground, but not called. Uh, there's a mention of Jordan Mailata being a freezer or Landon Dickerson being a fridge during the broadcast. Seemed like this uh, was good value for Shield, but uh, must not have happened because our, our mentions did not blow up. Uh, the Eagles rushed for fewer than 73 yards. Obviously, that did not happen. And a non-QB completes a pass. Uh, that did not happen either. So a shutout for Shield. In comes Zach. Malcolm Jenkins is involved in a personal foul penalty. Did not happen. Miles Sanders plays the most snaps of any Eagles running back. You got that for six. I, I think he got that. Uh, I don't officially know, but I'm pretty sure he got that. Uh, Jalen Hurts runs for a touchdown and does the gotta let him hang celebration. He ran for three, but he did not drop the hands toward his nether regions. And the Eagles defense forces a turnover on downs on a fourth down in two or less. You bid up a lot for that. You, made, you got it for nine, but that did not happen. So. You won. Controversy here. <laughs> Controversy here, Zach. Because there's a punt in this game that lands and rolls and rolls and rolls. And it looks like it goes out close-ish to the nine-yard line. And it's spotted directly at the 10. And I said to you, I was cheering for that in the press box next to you. I said, uh, that's a point for me. However, I texted, I, I said to Marissa, a punt lands out of bounds and is spotted directly on a yard line divisible by five. Now, what I meant by that was land, like the first landing is out of bounds. It flies out of bounds. Now, I, I suppose. I'm really the, surprised you're admitting that. The, I am. I have always been a fair arbiter of super forecasting okay so i thought that that was going to be my going to be my point but when i read what i wrote and what i thought of what i was thinking my inclination is to say it doesn't count what do you guys think wow i'm i'm blown away by the honesty i i don't have any words that i defer i defer to marissa here uh i honestly did not put much thought into it um but i will say <laughs> if I, I, I tend to think on all matters, podcasts, whatever, um, I, I guess, I guess whatever Marissa deems fair is what I believe in. I mean, if, if he's saying he thinks it shouldn't count, then how can I allow it? We know if shield was here, he wouldn't count it. We had talked about it right? being, you know, the, the flying out of bounds. And we did get the clarification email from, uh, from the listener who explained that it's a, it is a, it is a cool system. The, the back judge or the, the field judge, is looking at where it crosses out of bounds from his angle, and he stays there with his hand raised 
while the side judge then walks and walks and walks and walks until the back judge drops his hand because that's the angle that he that he was and so it's not quite as arbitrary as it seemed but it's still not the most precise it's still such a random super sarcastic thing i'm flabbergasted that this actually occurred and it's become a controversy it's pretty great that it happened i mean maybe not as unlikely as when the flag actually hit a player uh mm-hmm. but and like early pretty... in that game that was that was probably the best super, i mean super easily Jalen rager's highlight of the season as far as i'm concerned <laughs> uh all right I, I say we don't give it to me okay Fair. Okay. It's not really what I was going for. Um, and then I, you know, I put in so much for the Malcolm Jenkins video. And I got a I got a I got a, a heads up from a, a little birdie this morning that they were preparing something, that there there was maybe going to be something. He he wasn't sure, he or she. Um, and I kept thinking it was gonna happen, and it didn't happen. So I don't get that one. I did, however, get the Eagles win by double digits. Yes, that was a good so I one. I in for a tie for you. And so, oh, wait, hold on a second. I also had Tyree Jackson has more receiving yards than Jalen Rager. And Tyree, of course, had no catchers in this game. But Jalen Rager had negative one receiving yards. So that's, that's a win. That's a win. And that's a win for me. So three and, a, three and a third for me. We're all tied up. We're one back of shield. The race is on, baby. Super sorecasting is heating up. <laughs> congratulations well done that tyree jackson one was yours zach too it was it, it, it was and i actually when i put it together i did account for the possibility of negative yards for jalen Rager. i did think that was a jalen Rager possibility uh okay is there anything else on the offense uh that we should get to before we get to uh, the defense uh just so since we last spoke the Eagles signed Dallas Goddard to a contract extension, a big contract extension, uh, make him, in terms of the average annual value, one of the top three highest-paid tight ends in the NFL, uh, put him a little bit over Mark Andrews. And I thought that Dallas Goddard showed today, basically, why, in, in part why they are paying him, right? He, uh, he looks really good out there. He's a complete tight end. Um, he's a threat in the passing game. He has real good hands and he's going to keep getting better. So I'm, I'm impressed by Goddard. I'm impressed by Goddard too. It's hard for me to talk about his contract without also looping in the Maddox extension. Uh, if we want to talk about that now, okay. Which I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Avante Maddox a lot as a guy, as a player. Um, I don't understand what the rush is to sign him right now. And it always, my antenna is always up. Uh, my, my skepticism antenna is always up when the Eagles are like fully committing to a narrative and which they seem to be doing now. Like let's, it's 2018 draft. What a draft. Like this is our nucleus. We're going to sign off four of these guys. Jordan, like the other three guys, you can all make a very strong case that being proactive might save you money in the long run. If Jordan Mailata played a full year as a, a, a you know a top ten left tackle, he would be worth so much more than what he signed for. Josh Sweat has not had a great year, but at the beginning of the season, you know he was coming off a great training camp. Uh, people thought that that he was in for a big season, and a young pass rusher like that is going to get paid. So, you know the contract doesn't look super great already. We'll see how he does down the stretch, but there was a case to be made that you were saving money there. Dallas Goddard, you know, 
uh, he's being, being paid like a top three tight end, but you're also buying that he's going to get a lot better and you know the cap's going to jump and all that stuff. That one makes a, enough sense to me. But the Avante thing, like, is Avante Maddox really going to get going to get paid paid um, in free agency when this is the first time he's really shown to be like? I mean, he's playing the best football of his career right now, which is good. But is he gonna is he gonna like play much better than this? Is there is there that much upside with him? And is like a nickel corner is that is that sticky year over year uh, to lock him up for three years? I just I don't I, I this felt like too much to me. So I'm not up in arms about it. I I agree with you in terms of the urgency for it. I I don't think like I don't think you need to have a sense of urgency to keep Avante Maddox off the market. I think this is the type of contract that if you offered Avante Maddox this contract in March, you can probably sign him for it in March. Uh, it's not a bad contract. This, I mean, you you saw Jackson in Buffalo, their slot corner signed what three for twenty four million a month ago. So, so this is the the uh, this is like the market value for that. Now you can say, do you need to pay? A second contract for your slot corner is that one you can have on a rookie contract for three, four years. That argument, that argument might have validity too. I like Avante Maddox's versatility. I think Avante Maddox can be a, a winning player. I don't. I'm, I'm not like up in He's arms. Playing winning football. <laughs> That's what Jonathan Gannon said. I'm not up in arms about the contract, but yeah, I, I, I would say that the other. I'm three not guys up in arms because the, uh, we've talked about like you've got five stars in the secondary, four of them are were, were due to be free agents this year, and the other one, Darius Slay, is going to be 31 next year. So like you, you, you need guys who are going to fill out those positions. You don't want to have to replace everything, and because he's versatile, you can sort of pencil Maddox into a different position, and depending on how you fill out those other spots. I just, it felt, um, it felt too neat to me for them to like. Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna sign the last guy from that that draft class. Look yeah, at I don't this. think there was narrative like, oriented. I, I I don't think it was it was it was narrative oriented. I I think it was a player that they liked. Um, I I would rather spend, you know, the seven eight million a year on my starting safety than my starting slot corner. To be honest with you, now now maybe Maddox can be that 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 starting safety we've discussed that in the past that or, or maybe they just view him as as that as that versatile chess piece uh nonetheless i'm i'm curious to see how this works within the framework of the entire defense oh, no. like you you uh had a good thing last week on the free agent safeties um that's that's a really appealing class uh there are some some free agents both safety and and wide receiver that i i'd, I'd be interested in in signing if i was howie this offseason so uh, is is that money I would want to allocate to slot corner? I think that's a fair question, but I, I don't have that that issue overall. I'm getting killed in this. I had a huge lead in fantasy, and now I'm going up against Eckler and Fryermuth, and it's just salting away. Tough, tough situation for your boy. Um, okay. Let's talk about the, well, you know what? Let's take our, our last uh, break and then we'll come back and talk about the defense. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right. Back on Birds of Friends. Uh, for those of you, if you, in case you missed it in the beginning, theathletic.com slash birds with friends. This is your week. One dollar a month. For new subscribers, if you start, if you wait until after Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, just a little, little, little tip, little heads up. If I can give a uh, a plea to our to our audience, if you don't subscribe, Google Bo Wolf, Marissa Morris. Um, Bo wrote an outstanding story on Marissa and her fiance Marcus Gunn. Epps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and Mike no, Epps that's that's uh. That's a, a terrific example of the type of work you get at The Athletic. You can learn about our outstanding producer, Marissa, and 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 her life more. And, and Bo will – you can see Bo's great writing, and Bo will also get subscription credit for it. So it's a way all to, around. You could Google Zach Berman Bulletproof Coffee. and I wouldn't get subscription credit, credit for that, though, because that's from – 2000 just yeah, do the athletic, just do the athletic.com <laughs> slash birds with friends there you and go. we all yes, get credit we, all and get we can credit. read those stories and okay. all of zach's great stories <laughs> thank you Marissa. and some of the ones that aren't great <laughs> thank you but just like all of mine <laughs> thank you I mean, they, you're only as good as your but you're next right so that means all of the ones behind aren't good right i believe that... zach wrote two stories today so that's yeah pretty zach's exactly a double game day man. Well, that that one that goes up during the game is not the the. I'm, I'm not sending that to the Pulitzer committee. So, who you like, are on, with, with whom you are on good terms, of course. <laughs> the Pulitzer committee. Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe one day. Okay. Um. So listen, just like the the offense is allowed to change shape over the course of a season, so too is the defense, and this was a completely different defense in this game than we have seen. Um, Jonathan Gannon essentially threw the base defense out the window in this game. Uh, they played all nickel and dime. Um, Gennard Avery, nowhere to be seen. He played four snaps in the second half, 
he wasn't on the field at all in the first game. They were not mat like the Saints were playing uh, with personnel groupings that you would think did match the base defense with uh, multiple tight ends or with a fullback on the field. Eagles did not take that bait. Uh, they played with the nickel. They had this third down pressure package with the dime defense. You know, a month ago, Jonathan Gannon said we're not a dime team. Well, that was like their third down game plan in this game was to play dime and to and to blitz off of that. It worked to perfection in the first half. Um, you know, we have been saying, like, wondering why why force Gennard Avery onto the field? You know, wouldn't you rather just have Avante Maddox on the field instead of uh, Gennard Avery? That's how they played in this game. I don't know if it's going to be just uh, matchup dependent, if we're going to see those guys uh, play again a lot next week. But a good reminder that, like, you know, patience is probably uh, an important thing as we as we follow the course of the season. It's easy to overreact every week, but they're allowed to, you know, they're allowed to, to, to grow and to change over the course of a season. Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear from Jonathan on Tuesday about uh, about why they took that approach. My guess is that they thought they could get to uh, the, they thought, A, they can get to the quarterback, and B, they could stop the run with their front four, that they wanted to protect themselves a little bit more on the back end, uh, maybe make it confusing for, uh, Trevor Simeon, I I honestly don't know, but it it clearly worked. It played more to the strengths. Marcus Epps is developing a lot um, as a safety. They they used him in a lot of packages there, and I thought uh, I thought T.J. Edwards as your linebacker worked well. Uh, the, a few things there they were they were playing. T.J. Edwards from, has been very good. Yeah, they were they had a fourteen nothing lead fairly early, so perhaps that contributed to it. Uh, Davion Taylor left well, they the had game. a 14 nothing lead in part thanks to TJ Edwards interception. Yeah, they had a 14 nothing uh, I'm, I'm sorry. They they lost Davion Taylor fairly early. Perhaps that contributed to it. Uh but overall, I I just thought that uh this defense I have not been as sour on this defense as the fan base has been. I'm not great sour as Will Hill would might say. I'm not defending the way they played against Las Vegas or Los Angeles or Tampa Bay or Kansas City or Dallas. Okay. So that's five of okay, so the good 11 team. games. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, that said, the, we have said it. We've discussed it. You've called it the mirror of, uh, effect, I believe, where they yeah, show it's you. Been, the it has been undefeated. Exactly. Uh, and I, I keep saying it. You look at their next five quarterbacks that they face Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, and whoever the jets start, you're not, this is not going to be the last time this defense looks like this. A matter of fact, the defense is going to look like this more often than not. And maybe every week for the next, for the next five, uh, five games, they have to buy in there. Uh, so I'm, I'm real, you know, I, I, I feel like we, got, I I feel like like we maybe we have stuff. a Michael off screen, which is catching my attention. We have a Michael off screen. I feel like we, something's taking uh, taking Marissa's attention. Uh, I, I feel no, like I, I would hope it's Michael. No, well, he's not too ha pleased with this Chargers uh, Steelers <laughs> game going on. Oh no! They just Steelers just took the lead. Sorry, trying to. Um, and uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Zach. And look, and I I know that they that they let their foot off off the pedal a little bit in the second half. Both sides of the ball, frankly, you know the. Saints had a seven-play, 75-yard touchdown drive and 11-play, 75-yard touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. 
you don't like to see that. You know, the Saints ended up with 29 points. You you, you don't like to see that. But I, I thought this defense did a really good job overall. Um, I, oh, so I, you so you are not caring about the points when it comes to the defense. No, I am caring. I I literally just said you don't want to see that. Like I'm not. Excusing. Yeah, but you're not. You're not factoring it in as the be all end all. <laughs> Look, they gave up too I'm many sorry. points. Okay, just... yeah, yeah, they gave up too many points. Uh, I got a stir. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I overall, gotta do what I got to do. Overall, I like this defense. Overall, you like this defense? I'm not so sure. I Against, would go overall. I like this defense, but well, all right. So, so, so let's have a Darius Slay conversation here. By the way, sure. Uh, Darius Slay is playing really well. I think there's a good chance um, those points are gonna are gonna come through for you. Yeah, it's like two points though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Slay uh, sat on that route, jumped it, uh, raced to the end. Yeah, zone. Simeon had to like step up and then like change his arm angle a little bit, got under it, and it just floated out there. Three touchdowns in three weeks here. Had one touchdown. Three and four, into, I thought. Yes, I, I'm sorry. Three touchdowns in four weeks. Two and two weeks here. Uh, Slay's playing at a high level. Slay is giving them what they traded, what they acquired him to do. What they Romeo acquired him to do. Uh, yeah, he's been very good this year. No doubt about it. He's been he's been very very good. I can still debate the price. Whether he, you know, he he helped get a coach fired, but you know, I think he's been very good. Um, which coach did he help get fired? The coach who was coaching the team when they traded for him. You think they got he? Wait, I'm I'm sorry, it's a little late for me here. You think he, he was part of a he terrible got Doug team Peterson that helped fired? get Doug Peterson fired? Yeah, I think Slay got Peterson fired. I'm not saying he's the <laughs> person most responsible, but he helped. He didn't. He didn't save his job. You made it sound like you thought that he got Slay fired. Oh, man. Marissa, if this is an Austin Eckler touchdown, I'm going to be furious. I don't um, it is not here. Austin Eckler, oh, but it God. was a 75-yard Justin Herbert touchdown. To who? Mm. To who? No, they're, from, it's, they're on the 48. Mike Williams. Ah, oh. future eagle Mike Williams. Hmm? Future eagle, huh? You think, oh, where would they play him? They've got Rager. <laughs> you know he he'd be like the perfect compliment for Devonte. he would yeah that'd be good um i had something else about the defense but i can't think about it so the fourth quarter i so i admit by the way um you know marissa mentioned the two stories uh again there's only one that like i you know there's there's one that i put a lot of time or I, Zach, I should say they're both a, a good. lot of time relative to Bo. Bo puts more time into his day after. Please. But but my post-game column, uh, I put a little more thought and, I'm and, and work into that. The thing at the buzzer is mainly it's to get something up, give our great readers a, a chance to kind of talk to each other in the comment section and and just buys us some time to write. But because I'm I'm usually spending most of the fourth quarter, especially in a game that's out of hand, writing, um, I didn't – watch every play of those final drives the way I typically would. Uh, are you concerned, Bo, with the way the Saints went down the field in the fourth quarter? Not really. I think okay. concerned is strong. Um, I mean, I think they knew, like, the state of the game, that you could afford to be a little bit more 
uh, a little bit more passive on defense. You know, Nick Sirianni said after the game he got too conservative mm-hmm. offensively. Um, I mean, you'd like to see them be able to shut it down, but I, it, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I, th- I think the first half matters a lot more. That's when they were, yeah. you know, playing the way that they expected to play. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Davion Taylor left in this game with an injury and was replaced by Alex Singleton. Don't know about uh, the status that he will have moving forward. His, I believe, was also a knee. Um, Correct. And Maddox left and then came back. I think that's it injury-wise, right? Uh, Slay, has a, he's in the concussion protocol. Mm, but, like, tweeting nonstop. So, <laughs> really how bad could it be? I don't know. Although I guess to be fair, he he mean it would he would probably need to be comatose to not not be tweeting. There you go. Um not to make light of a serious thing. Concussion uncle here. Yeah. You know what? Uh you know what? Here's the Oh Sean Bradley left too. Sean Bradley, yes. Uh speaking of concussion uncle, this is uh a concussion uncle sort of take that I find myself having which is that as much as I want them to run the ball, like as presently constructed, I also find myself being very like, are, is Jalen getting hit too much? And there's like, there are some quarterback runs that they call in, I think like low upside situations when I'm like, Ooh, couldn't, couldn't that have just been a running back on that play? Like, you know, he's, he's done a very good job of staying healthy and he doesn't get hit that hard that often. But like, there's a part of me that is like, could we could we dial it back on the planned quarterback runs just a little bit? I thought it took too many hits today. Today, yes. I mean, I think Davenport had four quarterback hits, uh, and, and part of that sometimes too is is Hertz does that thing where when no one's open, he kind of puts his back to the, you know he 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 runs around He's, to the other does side. a little circle, yeah, yeah. So I I I could see that. Um, I mean, Hertz is a tough guy. Hurts, Hurts never seems. He's to that win. dude. Yeah, he, he's As Dallas Goddard said. Yeah, look, look, players really like Hurts. They respect him. They play for him. No doubt. Uh, and there's something to be said about that. And by the way, it, it was that way at Oklahoma. It's that way at Alabama. I think that matters. I think when you want your quarterback, you know, you want the room to believe in your quarterback. I agree with you. I think it matters, but I also think it's like number 96 on the list of things that matter. Like, well, how you throw the ball is guys like Tim Tebow too, right? Sure. But that's part of actually, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, guys like Mark Sanchez. I know that. Um, I love Sanchez. Tebow. Well, no, I can't, I can't speak to Tebow. Tebow was only here for a preseason. I, I don't know. Well, I'm not talking about with the Eagles. I don't know what people, but I, I I can only speak to the teams that I cover and the teams that I cover. They liked Mark Sanchez. Well, you know why they liked Mark Sanchez? Because he was the thermostat and not the thermometer. Yeah. Nice job. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You Uh, uh, taught him that. Let's see how, how, how well you remember it. Monty Kiffin. No, Mark Brunel. Oh, yeah, Mark Brunel told him you have to be the thermostat, not the thermometer. I hope Mark Brunel didn't tell him where to put his money. Sanchez told me, and then I told my father-in-law. And yeah. I mean, that was a good joke I just said about the money. That was. 
I hope he was. I don't know. I hope he didn't hook him up with his financial advisor. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's... All right. What else here? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Or Mark Brunel has to be a quarterback's coach now. He's, he lost all his money. Good player, though. Um. Okay. Who do the Eagles have this week, Zach? New York Giants. New York football Giants who play on Monday night. We will see them then. Uh, real quick here. We we talked about the schedule at the top of the show. I put this out earlier, and it was before the Cowboys game finished. Uh, here, here, let me pull up these, these numbers here. So combined record of the six teams that the Eagles beat, or I'm sorry, combined record of the six teams that beat the Eagles this year is 34 and 20. What was that Ben Roethlisberger thing? That was very funny. Combined sorry. records of the five teams that beat the Eagles 1931 and one. I'm sorry. The combined record of the five teams the Eagles beat is 1931 and one. This is the most important one. Combined record of the Eagles' next five opponents before the week 18 game against Dallas, 16 and 32. Uh, what's their record going into the Dallas game, in your opinion? Nine and seven. Hmm. If they're nine and seven going into the Dallas game, they're in the playoffs. I agree. I think they're going to make the playoffs. So the playoff picture right now, real quick, is uh, if the season ended today, which I I hate that expression because the season doesn't end today, right? There's there's a lot of time here. But if the season did end today, the Eagles would be the ninth team in the NFC. Of course, seven make the playoffs. It would be the uh, Saints and the Vikings would be the, the uh, last two teams in the NFC. Then it would be the Niners as the eighth right, but- team. And the Eagles as the ninth team. It's a, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a three team race between the Vikings, the, Niners, and Eagles. Okay. So you, you have the Saints out of it. And, and what about the Panthers, by the way, with, with Cam in there? You think they have some juice or well, they lost today to Washington? To Washington. And do you um, think Washington can and the Eagles I mean, Washington's have some, won like Eagles three have in some tiebreaker advantages? Yeah. I mean, I think Washington and the Giants are maybe not quite as uh, pushovers. Mm-hmm. Quite as big pushovers as I was thinking. Uh, they've they've rallied a little bit. Um, but I think the Eagles are still better. The Eagles have the fifth best point differential in the NFC, the eighth best point differential in the NFL. They have been over the course of a season not bad, and they're and they are playing better now than they have. Yeah, I mean the the 19 point uh, points per game margin of victory, like yeah. that jumps out to me. That's they're they're it's they're crazy. not just I mean, narrowly team, beating teams. Like that is what the measure of good teams is: yeah. is that you win games by a big margin. Yes, and they have done that. Four of their five wins have been by significant margins. Yes, and you know I'm looking at 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 at, at some of these uh, stats, and you do like the last time X happened, the last time Y happened, mm-hmm. last time Z happened, and for every one of these things, it's like 2017, right? Which is a good year to be compared to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you said this week. So, yeah. So the Eagles have the Giants this week. The Giants play Monday night. Uh, we will see what happens with that. They play Tampa Bay Monday night. So the Giants are on a short week. And there's Thanksgiving in there. Yes. We don't know exactly what our schedule is going to be yet. We got to we gotta huddle on that. Do we do... Do we do a normal Tuesday show and then come back with a with a quick Friday preview of the game on Sunday? Do we do a supersized Wednesday show? L- uh, let us know what you think with hashtag BWF 
Shield's legs. We'll, do, we'll go over his legs this time. Okay. Uh, let us know what you think about the uh, the schedule this week. Okay. You got anything else, Zach? Oh, there's there's a lot. You, what, what did you history. what did you write about? What can you tease for the people who maybe just they're they're mostly the way there. They want to subscribe, but they want to know what they can read from you. I wrote about what we started at the top of the show here with is uh, coaches. Can we? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that, has, that was a good one though, Marissa. I wish we can. What I if you filed? What if out. you filed to our editor just? Uh, a duplicative thing of what Bruce Feldman already put about who should be the head coach at Florida. I wish we can edit that out. Uh, especially my, I mean, my I could, but I there's no what editing. What are you talking about? That was good stuff. I I literally don't know any candidates for Troy. I, I got to think of, I can think of, I don't know why I said about Troy Alabama. Aikman. Um, How about and, Troy and, McClure? <laughs> Troy so, Smith. What I wrote about Troy Hill? was, Ooh. What I wrote about was Troy playoffs. Uh, <laughs> is it reasonable to start talking about playoffs with this team? And in my opinion, obviously, first they 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 must get to a winning record. Oh, I'm sorry. First they must get to 500. Then they must get to a winning record. But I do think that the playoffs is a reasonable conversation. When you look at the way the Eagles are playing, when you look at the schedule that's ahead of them, and when you look at this clutter that is the NFC. Uh, the AFC, it's it's going to be harder to get in. The NFC, I think the, there are five good teams in the NFC. And then the, the the six and seven teams, like you said, that's just, it's just like a traffic jam of five win teams right now. And, and, and who's going to get out of that traffic jam? How about Troy, New York, the birthplace of Steve Wolf? How about it? I don't know. Just an idea. I don't know if it was the birthplace, but where certainly where he grew up. Got to go back on right? exactly where the where the birth happened. It's by Albany, correct? But yeah, not too far. Yeah. I remember when Syracuse was recruiting some players from Troy, New York. And how did they do? I think they did successful in getting him. And then how did the players turn out? Not so successful. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that'll do it. For this episode of Birds with Friends, the Eagles pretty handily and impressively taking out the New Orleans Saints 40 to 29. The running game stays heavy. The defense changes and uh, forces some turnovers, three turnovers, and uh, everything's looking good. Everything is in position. We'll see how things go. Just uh, make sure that you thank uh, whoever it is above the Jim Bob Cooter in the sky for a Thanksgiving this week for uh, all the blessings that this podcast and the Eagles have given you for Zach, Marissa and Sheil and Elijah. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you at some point this week. Let us know what you think. Remember the athletic.com slash birds with friends for a great deal. And as always, we love you.